Hi everyone, we're the Rebel Crows with your host, Athena Silver. I'm Anya River. Welcome to the Rebel Pro Psychic Show. Tonight we are talking about the mysteries of the Giza pyramids in Egypt and ancient Egyptian spirituality. Um, the, the overall purpose of the pyramids themselves are still being dis- debated and disagreed upon even today. Um, some people say that it's a, a, a tomb for kings and pharaohs, other people see it as a resurrection machine and immortality maker. So other people see it as an astrological observatory. So tonight we are gonna talk about all of the theories that are flying around and what archeologists believe and everybody else. Uh, Stick with us, we'll be right back. Welcome back, guys. We're going to get right in. So we were talking about the ancient pyramids on the Giza Plateau, the Great Pyramids. Many people think that they were built for the pharaohs Khufu and Khafre, and not everybody agrees with that. Yeah, <laughs> so I know. So what do you think that oh. these pyramids are used for? I'll tell you my theory, but you go first. Okay, well... I recently listened to this amazing podcast on Scribe. It's called Earth Ancients Podcast um, with Cliff Dunning and with Willem Wittivine. And I, I didn't agree with everything that this person said, but he's an, you know, he's this expert who has these amazing new theories. Um, first of all, did you know that there is a new there's a new uh, Sphinx chamber that was discovered recently? Um, so they're looking into that. There's like leaked photos. I haven't seen them, but is that the one that they that uh, Edgar Casey described in his visions that was under the foot of the Sphinx? I don't know. So he, so he, you're saying that he was describing this like as no he one knew des- about it. Yeah, he was describing he was this in his visions, it. in I think the 20th century. Um, I think some time around like the 20s or 30s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, in America, he wrote a whole bunch of books. There's a whole spiritualist movement um, based off of his teachings and his healing methods. But he, he had married? done astral, yeah, he's done astral journey work to um, and to to go to the Akashic records and to the Hall of Records. You know, some people refer to it, but yeah, he talked about Egypt and the Sphinx in particular having a library underneath one of the paws. Really. Wow. Yeah. So that's amazing because, so I was listening to this podcast and it's, it's a really good, it's a really good podcast guys. Like you should definitely check it out. Um, One of the things that came up was, so this person who, who studies the pyramids thinks it was a machine, like, you know, and talked about Mm -hmm. how, how, um, you know, it was really interesting, though, because like he he brought in all these elements that there was um, all the four elements and plus ether. So, you know, earth, wind, fire and uh, water plus ether are all brought into the construction of the pyramids. And of course, mm-hmm. you know, all of the mathematical, you know, the mathematical um 
the, the distance that we have between us and the sun and, and um, the sun, the sun's circumference and the distance from us to the moon, you know, it's fascinating when you think about like, this was so long ago, you know, well, they, and it's embedded they, they into- They deified a, 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 one of the pyramid builders. They made him a god in their pantheon because they thought that, that the building that he built was magic. Really? Well, how yeah. did they know who was who the builder? I mean, that's, I thought that was unknown, like completely um, unknown. This, not the builder, the ones in uh, Giza, the builders are unknown. But the builder of the Saqqara pyramid, he was deified. Oh, okay. I and see. he he built, I think, the Bent pyramid as well. If I'm if I'm correct. Yeah, because we have pyramids all stage. over the world. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. and especially in <laughs> Egypt, they're finding there's over I think a hundred of them throughout Egypt. So mm -hmm. and they're finding ruins of pyramids every day with you know lidar scanning and, and uh, modern techniques. And we really don't know what the pyramids, I mean, a lot of them were built for, for tombs, but yes. this is the, this is the huge mystery with the great pyramids, because like you said, they're we just different. don't know. We don't know. And so one of the, I'm sorry. And they're the, built different. The, yeah, the early right. ones were built upon um, flat tombs that were, that were flat profile on the surface and they went down. Um, and the, the guy who built, the Saqqara um, pyramid, he was the first one to enlarge it. That was the first pyramid built. Mm -hmm. So it, this tradition goes way back and it's been intertwined into spirituality as well, which is really interesting because um, not all monuments have a spiritual intrinsic value placed upon them. You know, like if we think of the Statue of Liberty, nobody's ever been entombed there. That's not a monument of death. That's a monument of life. Mm -hmm. So the monuments of death always have that extra step to them that just makes it, I don't know, I feel like more sentimental, you know, at least in my view. Sentimental. Um, what? They're shrines of, of, the person, of the person who is being honored there. Right, um, right. They become temples, you know, that there were places in a lot of these, uh, like uh, the tombs that were laid out, you know, whether they were tombs underneath the ground or whether they were pyramids, you know, people made offerings to a, the Pharaoh or to their family member to keep their memory alive. So, so what do you think about the Great Pyramids? Um, there's a lot of back and forth about whether there was someone buried there or not. I am of the opinion that the probably not just because I've been a little persuaded. Yeah. <laughs> so, well, I kind of have my own hot take about okay. what I think the pyramid is for. Now, this is my own opinion. I have comprised this by doing a lot of research, reading about ancient Egypt and different types of spirituality globally. So this is kind of like, this is my take. <laughs> so don't shoot the messenger. Okay. Um, I think that it was used temporarily. I think that it was used because of the properties that are, you know, it, it radiates um, its mm. own energy, electromagnetic energy from the bottom all the way up to through the top. 
So I think that it was a machine to help transport the soul outward. Oh, that's a really good take because um, from what I was like, from what I was gathering, you know, with the top, the eye of Horus at the top. And then I'm reading about this, like, so inside they ha- there's never been any, any mummies that have been found. You know, there's like, I think it's in the King's chamber. There's this. Yeah. Yeah. But Grave Robin was a family hobby at that time. <laughs> yeah. But they had groups of grave robbers roaming the, roaming the terrain. So, you know, there's there could also- have been stuff there. There could have been, but there's also this idea that wasn't there usually like paintings that depict what, and I know there's a painting Typically. on the outside of the Pharaoh, but that could have been much later. You know, like I've seen things that say that it was in the fourth dynasty, but this podcast that I'm listening to that this man wrote a book off of is claiming that it's actually 13, 13, thousand BC? I believe it. I believe it. I think then, that the dating is off when it comes to some of these monuments. It's really hard then, to date stone. I came across the, <laughs> this other theory that the actual, like the inside, the king's chamber and the queen's, the queen's, um, it's not the queen's chamber, but there's the king's chamber. Is it and, the gallery? Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's also called the gallery. So that inner, those inner there's this theory that that's actually the 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 actual pyramid, and then it was built on, it was added on to later. So it's an interesting thought, you know, because maybe that's possible. <laughs> I, I think that it has something to do with the reverberation of it. I think it was built to assist with the soul, the transportation mm-hmm. of the soul to lighten it up. Um, yeah. They, they say that, that it has its own vibration, you know, yeah. that it, it's essentially, you know, any, any, the, the resonance in there is insane. Right. So yeah, I think that, you know, when you get down to the physics of it and what scientists and archeologists have said, I think that it's somewhere in between. I think that it, there's a cultural aspect to it that is not really being looked at. Um, they were, the ancient Egyptians went hardcore on their afterlife. <laughs> like they yeah. saved up their entire lives to have a baller ass funeral you know, <laughs> yeah. and be remembered for the rest of their lives. You know, people, they created an entire industry that spanned Africa, the Middle East and the Mediterranean of funerary goods. It was an entire industry, like our funeral industry here you know, in modern day United States, you know, it was Mm. its own thing. They had services upon services. This really wasn't people taking care of their dead at home. Like, you know, we did in other societies throughout history, especially prior to the Egyptian um, society, people took care of their own dead, buried them, cleaned them up, prepared them, had their own funeral rites. Whereas Egypt made it an explosion, you know, like this was like Las Vegas style funerals, you know, right, right. you know, get that extra talisman by your heart and the, you know, that extra carving on your sarcophagus, you know, you're going out forever in style. Right. So like, I get it that they wanted to give their loved ones everything, 
you know, it's just, I think for us in the West, it's a little bit hard for us to understand fully how they perceive the world around them and what was mm-hmm. important to them. Because we have, you know, believe it or not, whether we like it or not, Christian history has really taken root as the history. Whereas in Egyptian, you know, history, things are not, at, the customs are different, you know? Yeah. So I think that it's a, a cultural divide for us really getting to the bottom of what this monument is used for. I think that we're never really going to truly understand because we don't have that cultural component, you know, that's so missing in time. I have like a little bit different of and not negating what you're saying at all. Cause I actually think that it's a really good theory. Um, but thinking about like pivoting away to some of the mathematics and the, the actual, you know, the, the astronomy of it and how advanced it was. And to the point where like some of these, so some of these chamber, like, um, like outlets, I don't know what they're called. These chamber outlets are pointed perfectly towards certain stars in the sky. Oh, yeah. And then you have, you know, you have the pie that's like embedded in there. And there's, you know, like I said before, like the circumference of the sun. <laughs> yeah. And, and isn't it placed pretty close to, to the, the equator, like on the equator? It was pointed. Yeah, it's, it's on the meridian and the, the lateral. Uh-huh. Like perfectly in the middle. So there's like two spots on earth where this could be. That's one. And then the other one is in the middle of an ocean. So yeah. it's like perfectly centered in the middle of this meridian and, and I think lateral or, or you know. That's, um, that's what blows my mind. You know, just the amount of sheer intelligence and information that has been lost that we don't know just based on what we do know about them. Yeah. Right. You know. And so you're thinking like, okay, how could this possibly have been done? Yeah. Um, it doesn't add up. The one of the wildest theories I heard and I love it cuz I'm I'm totally into this is that it wasn't built by aliens, it was built by humans in the future from the past. So it's what? like taking on yeah, right? Isn't that crazy? I love it. Oh, I've heard, I have a, another crazy one for you in a second. So maybe, I mean, I don't fully get it. I want to like dive into it for the next six months, but you know, it's talking about like circular time or, you know, like uh-huh. nonlinear time, you know? So, and, and how in this theory that this is like, this is a love letter and also um, an instructional guide to the humans of the future of the past. So I'm like, I love that theory so much. I'm like, that's, that's it. That's it. (laughs) it. (laughs) No, the the one that I love, I don't believe it, but I love the enthusiasm is the people that say that the Sphinx was built by people that originated on Mars because Mars has pyramids, allegedly. Um, I'm like, I'm, I mean, a, I'm all about it. I don't believe it. I want to believe it, though. <laughs> I mean, the Sphinx is a lion, right? Why wouldn't they come from Syria? Uh, not Syria. Where's Where do the people, where do the lion people come from? There's a, like a race of like ET people from, oh, they're like lion people. Oh, I'm not that conspiracy, but. Um, it just came up recently for me somewhere. 
Anyway, I if I think of it, I'll... Look, I think people look at the ancients and there are some discrepancies. And I think that unfortunately people do fill in the gaps, not always correctly, kind of in a fantasy way, which is fine. But we also have to, be, to remind ourselves that these were actual people in time that lived mm -hmm. here, just like we do. You know, and if they were to look at our society, they'd have some questions too. You know, I know I would. <laughs> you know, it's been said that we would not be able to build the pyramids today no, the way that they were built before. So that brings a whole set of new questions. Like, did we, did we get knocked out? You know, like, did we have to start all over again? You know, like what happened there? You know, like I, that, that brings up all these questions about our history and like what happened, you know? Well, I think that, that a couple things happen. I think that, that our global knowledge has been knocked out a couple of times in history. I yeah. think that with the tsunami that hit Crete, took out a lot of the, the knowledge that came out of ancient Greece mm -hmm. um, that, you know, this is before Mount Olympus. This is back, you know, with the Minotaur and all of that. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I think that when Rome ceased to exist, the Roman Empire, that, that we went into the Dark Ages. We lost an entire amount of knowledge. And not to mention when out the Library of Alexandria was torched. I think that was single-handedly the biggest catastrophe to affect humans in the long term than any other event in history yeah you know at that point um there were thousands upon thousands of scrolls uh, of all sorts of origin i mean uh the the pharaoh used to have it where any any incoming ships that had manuscripts had to turn them over at the port so they could be transcribed and given back to them for them to leave so that they could have that knowledge within alexandria's library so I think that, that this has happened many times. I think there's so much that we've lost. And it's, it's crazy because we're playing catch up even still. Yeah, right? <laughs> I mean, like we think we're so advanced and yet we couldn't recreate a building that maybe was built, you know, depending on who you ask between, you know, thousands of years ago and, and, and maybe 13,000 years ago. Yeah. Or uh, 15,000 years ago. It's insane. It is, you know, I want to talk a little bit about um, death culture for, for a little while when it comes yeah. to the ancient Egyptians, because that okay. was their daily experience was with death. Um, now, like I said before, death became like an obsession almost to a lot of people. And there, there was big industry that was made from it. Um, it was all about preserving the body for the afterlife. They, they looked at the tomb as the last resting place for the soul. So essentially from sunup to sundown, your soul got up in the tomb, went about its daily business. You know, that's why they had um, funerary goods, like, you know, um, things to eat and things to drink and, they even have games in some tombs that they've found. Um, it's for the way for the person's soul to pass the time. Um, the, they preserve the body because they believe that the body was needed for an afterlife. 
Although there are, um, they, archaeologists have found that there are um, people who have, like, may have had accidents in their life where their body was incomplete and there was definitely some creative fixing. Oh, yeah. You know, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> like making things right, putting things back together. Um, and there was even specialized priests and priestesses that did this kind of work. Um, these were these were high status people because what they what they were doing was shepherding people to their ideal afterlife. You know, right. uh, life in in ancient Egypt was rough. It was hard. It was dirty. It was, you know, people didn't really live past forty. You were considered elderly at like thirty five. You know, we would be like old heads. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in ancient Egyptian style, we would be grandmothers. <laughs> um, so it, it's. It's interesting because, you know, they put so much of their energy into making that afterlife perfect, you know, mm -hmm. spending the right amount, getting the right kind of materials, you know, planning it out years and years in, in advance. They say that um, the pharaohs would go and the minute they took their, their throne would instantly start planning their tombs. Hmm. So it, it was very much like a circle of life type of thing, but. So not everybody got to have this like elaborate funerary, right? They or... had different levels of it. They had like, okay. you know, the regular peasant people. They had the, you know, noble people. They had mm -hmm. like the skilled craft people, you know, the virgins, the rich people. Then they had the pharaohs, you know? So mm -hmm. they had them in a way where it was like, you know, certain levels, like you had this kind of pay rate grade, you know, you could afford this kind of funeral. Yeah. You have um, a builder's grade funeral. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. It, it, it turned into that at, at one point, like, you know, which kind of mm -hmm. funeral you want for your wife, you want A, B or C, you know, yeah, right. <laughs> like it became that way. And it, well, you know, it made a lot of people extremely wealthy, you know, especially when it came to the merchants, you know, even just, Back in that time, like frankincense merchants were so incredibly wealthy. The salt merchants were even wealthier. You know, mm -hmm. these were like ancient, you know, modern, you know, ancient day gangsters, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> like running like their, their own little hood businesses going on, <laughs> you know. So it, it, it was interesting, you know, that there's so much that we don't see when it comes to that culture because we are so far removed, but a lot of right. stuff that we could learn because they lived a different kind of lifestyle than us. You know, they had as much decadence, maybe even more decadence than we have, mm -hmm. but it, it still goes to show you though, that they were spiritual and a devout people because they were worried about the health of their soul. Ultimately. Right. And that's a, uh actually like a huge marker of like a civilization too is when you're when you're thinking about your afterlife and and planning these funerals and you know worrying about your loved ones and where they're going to go and how they're going to be after they're after they pass you know but they even went as far to, to build chapels in a lot of these tombs, you know, and mm -hmm. obviously in the, the more affluent tombs. 
Mm -hmm. Um, but they had, that's where you went just like you do to pay your respects at the cemetery with your relatives. That's what they did for their relatives. So, you know, there are, there are parts of our culture that are so deeply embedded within us that we don't know where they come from. And it turns out it comes from antiquity. You know, these are (laughs) practices, not just, you know, a certain person's practices. So. I don't know. I just, I find all this stuff fascinating. I think that the the more of a mystery it is, the more I want to know. It's absolutely fascinating. Did you want to talk about your journey? I know you had mentioned about going on a journey. Yeah, sure. Um, So I've done a lot of journeys over the course of my life. When I was in high school, um, I was one of those kids that got really bored in class. Uh, and I started to daydream and I would daydream and I would uh, sit there, you know, my eyes were open, but my, my third eye was working here mm-hmm. and I was Good envisioning way. the sand, you know, the sand and the wind and the sky. And I would walk along the sand and, uh, and then I would start to see block by block build up into the pyramid and I could do this and turn it into the to the ancient pyramid, I could do this and turn it back to what it looks like now. Um, I would even go and I would touch it and it would be cold and vibrate. Like I could hear it, like I could feel the resonance within the stones. Mm -hmm. Um, There was one time that I journeyed and saw a funerary procession where where they were burying a pharaoh. They had a bunch of people dressed in like gilded outfits and very heavily like jewelry and beads and a lot of blue and red and gold. They had um, a bunch of peacocks in a cage and they were bringing the peacocks in to the, into the tomb. They were burying everybody, the peacocks and all the jewels in the tomb. And it just, I remember just watching it and just like in shock at just how beautiful and sad and happy, like it was such a mix of emotions. It's like, I, I felt that I was looking back on something extremely sacred and mm-hmm. extremely extra. I will say that extra as hell, yeah. everything was gilded. Um, just like you see in the museums, everything was guilted. <laughs> yeah. Um, but just to see the love, it was it was above all an expression of love, the way that they buried that person that I was seeing in that journey. Um, I believe I was looking at somebody's funeral. Yeah, that's um, beautiful. I mean, and, and it, it really talks, you know, speaks so much like the way that you you describe it so eloquently kind of mirrors the human condition on this planet, you know, like. <laughs> yeah, you could tell that this individual made a lot of people's lives, like definitely brought joy to their life and was there for these people because the women who were crying, just, you just felt the pain in your soul, like at their loss. Mm. Um. I don't know. Ever since I had that journey, I was probably about 18 at the time, maybe about 17. Um, I start, I looked at the ancient world differently. You know, it it changed my idea of history and it really changed my idea of, you know, the ancient past and 
how we view death. It, it woke it up like a, like part of that seeker mentality that I have, you know, where I want to know everything and I want to, I want to research it. I want to know more and I want to experience more. And it, it came to me in a very interesting part of my life. And I think that it was, you know, a happy accident. <laughs> yeah. Well, you and I are both called, you know, by, you know, your devotee of Santa Morte and it makes sense, you know, you're a death worker in that way. You know, I don't know if that's what you would call it, but you know, we're very drawn to, to death. And can I tell you about the one that um, I went on a journey the other day and actually got brought to a pyramid and I had no intention. This was before we were even like putting things together for this episode. <laughs> so I thought it was really crazy. Yeah. I'd love um, to hear. I, I was on the journey. It was very short, so it's not as, as beautifully eloquent as yours, but I was on a journey in, um, in, in a very like random place. Like it wasn't the great pyramids or anything, but um, I was invited into, I was taken by a guide and invited into a, a much smaller pyramid and inside was a microcosm of the cosmos. So they were like, like, you know, lit up in blue and it was just like a perfect, you know, like it, it was the cosmos, you know, like the universe yeah. housed inside of this, this pyramid, you know, which was like a tiny pyramid. So I, I thought that was like really interesting when you think about how, how the stars and how, how the universe is built in and reflected by, by these buildings. Yeah. You know, it's a portal. It's definitely it's, a portal. I think we can all agree that it's a portal. <laughs> it is, but it's a portal by design. You know, yes, the biggest, uh, the most important part of the afterlife was that you wanted people to remember you because when they remembered you, it gave you energy in the afterlife. So they say every time that you spoke somebody's name, you, you gave them afterlife. So we speak the, these pharaohs' names, you know, we speak these people from ancient time, we speak their name, we, we hear their story, because they not, they're not just living in their own plane, in their own afterlife, but they're living with us as well, in, in our memories. So it's like they become part of our family in a way. So... Well, yeah. we hope you guys enjoyed this. I know this is kind of long, but it's a very interesting conversation. And we would probably talk about Egypt again, because there's so much there to talk about. Let's just do such, it. I think, I think we should. Such a beautiful history and such a beautiful place, you know, even, even now, <laughs> you know, even in modern day. Um, but I'm Athena Silver. I'm a professional psychic medium and tarot reader. If anybody would like to have a reading with me, my website is readingswithathenasilver.com. My Instagram is at athena.silver. My TikTok is athena underscore silver. And I'm on Facebook too. What about you, Anya? How do they get a hold of you? I am at Anya River, A-N-J-A-R-I-V-E-R on Facebook and Instagram. And I do tarot readings. You can reach out to me there if you're interested in a reading with me. Awesome. Well, we'll catch you guys next Thursday for another interesting and informative episode. If anybody has a topic request, please feel free to comment on the section below 
or send us uh, an email at rebelpropsychicshow at gmail.com. And we'll catch you guys next week. Have a good rest of your day. Bye. Bye.